Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be looking into how the body is made of, contains, and provides the means for us to manifest Akasha in a myriad of ways. In other words, how the body actually works. We're taught by Western culture that our bodies are machines, most often referred to by car analogies. You know, they go out of warranty, you need to change the oil, we'll need to get you a replacement part, the transmission is falling out, and so on and so on. Ain't modern medicine grand? So, if we carry the analogy out further... Our soul is inhabiting a car driven by our brain, with our annoying emotions sitting shotgun and arguing about where we're going and why. Also, if given the chance, our emotions will be asking to stop at everything which looks like fun or has ice cream for sale. If the emotions aren't sitting shotgun, then they're in the back seat doing really bad backseat driving and asking, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? All while the soul sits quietly and asks, Why did I agree to this again? Or screaming, Will you pull over and let me drive? Unfortunately, the brain rarely listens, so mostly the soul is quietly talking to itself in the back seat. All of this would make a great Pixar movie, by the way. Like a sequel to Inside Out. However, that's not really how things work. The body isn't a meat car you're driving around in. It's a partner in a quartet which includes your mind, emotions, and soul. It's integrally linked with all of them and has just as much spiritual wisdom as all the rest. Because we're taught it's a car which breaks down, we mistake many of its processes for failures and seek to remedy them instead of listening to them. I hear this often from my clients and students. Their bodies are not doing enough, doing too much, carrying too much weight, can't keep it on, can't move, can't stop, won't rest, spend all its time resting, refuse to do what it's asked, break when it's doing what it's asked, and basically decides to do something really inconvenient at exactly the wrong time, just as we were finally getting somewhere or about to achieve a goal or be happy. It sucks, but rarely is this an indicator something in the body is malfunctioning. Now, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Not everything is a message from on high. My having broken my middle toe during my freshman year of college wasn't some message from beyond. It was me wearing sandals and not watching where I was walking when I went through a doorway. Stuff happens. Getting hurt in a car accident where someone else is at fault more than likely is a stuff-happens situation. An appliance burns out and the toxic smoke gets into the ventilation system at work and smokes you all out, causing you to need the hospital to deal with the reaction? Yeah, that's not a message for you. Although there could be a liability for the company. 
you get the idea. But a large percentage of what people talk to me about as a brokenness in their body, I actually find is quite the opposite. In fact, what I see is the body working exactly as designed, doing exactly what it's supposed to do. The issue isn't with the body, it's with our lack of understanding of ourselves as a whole being and how the body works in the quartet. For example, I often hear from people they have for the past few months or a couple of years been carrying more weight than they've ever done before. It's not extreme, between 5 to 30 pounds, but it's difficult both physically and emotionally. Also, it's completely resistant to any attempt at weight loss. No matter how much dieting or exercise happens, the weight stays. It's mystifying for the person. All the common wisdom fails. So I check with the body, which will 99% of the time tell me nothing is wrong. The exception usually being if the person is on some kind of medication which causes weight gain. And it will point to all the spiritual or emotional, or both, work the person is currently doing. This is because the body helps us with emotional and spiritual healing in a variety of ways. One is to provide a buffer for us through fat retention. Just like the bumper on a bumper car, it creates a protective layer. This is because when we're doing deep core work, even more so when it's about deep emotions or when we're opening up to our emotions possibly for the first time in adult life, we are raw, have very few filters, and are impacted by every little thing. Fat contains estrogen, which has a calming effect on us, so we can keep an even keel while we work through things. Also, in our culture, a layer of fat to a certain degree affects the interactions we have with others, not taking them away, but setting a tone, whether subtly or not so much, which allows us the space we need. Hence, the fat doesn't melt away no matter what we do. It's not supposed to. When we have worked through the issues we're dealing with, at least for this round, the fat bumper will no longer be necessary, and the body will release it naturally. Another way our body helps us is in emotion retention. When we're not able to deal with something in the moment, or we're choosing not to deal with it for whatever reason, and there are as many reasons as there are people, the emotion doesn't just go away. This is why we call it stuffing when we force our emotions down. This isn't just about eating them down. It can also be done through strict mental control. Someone who needs to know and understand everything leads with their mind and tends to float above a situation to see the big picture is one who is stuffing their emotions by refusing to acknowledge them at all. If they do so, the emotions are experienced through the brain dimly, as if everything has a filter which tones it down to pastels. No matter how it's done, it's not that the emotions aren't there, they don't happen in the moment, or they don't have substance. They do. They go into the body, 
Like it's a used storage facility, the body holds the emotions until we're ready, able, and willing to experience them and incorporate them into our life. This is why people can have seemingly random emotional experiences during a massage. If the massage therapist touches an area just right and causes a release, here comes the emotion, apropos of nothing, it would seem. Interestingly, there's another area where we are often confused about how the body works. We talk about emotional work as releasing for some reason, like we have some form of spiritual or emotional gas we need to fart out because we're bloated emotionally. The imagery and the language we use around this process is one of removing, releasing, cleansing, and purging, like the doctors back in Victorian times who bled their patients to remove the bad humors which coagulated in certain areas of the body, or used leeches to remove disease. In these situations, emotions do need to be released, but not like a fart. Think of them more like a beautiful creature who has been forced to live in a cage. It deserves to live and act and be in its natural habitat, as part of us in our present. And as I mentioned before, when we're working to experience, learn from, process, and incorporate our emotions and their wisdom, our body reacts by providing us with fat. So while we're expecting to release in order to feel less bloated, less constipated, instead, we start to blow up. Oh no! But oh yes! This is a good thing. It means things are working and we're headed in the right direction, not taking a wrong turn. We will have released, not when we are empty, but when we are whole. The same can be seen in things like insomnia, or anxiety energy, or weight gain due to stress. These aren't malfunctions of the body, but the actions of a finely tuned partner working with the others of the quartet to help us navigate on our path. Insomnia can be the logic brain trying to solve what it perceives as a problem because we're struggling with our emotions for the first time, with an emotional situation where we know what to do but can't seem to do it, or with a truly emotional spiritual, or ethical decision. The brain perceives these issues, most often wrongly, as if they're a tiger stalking us. The brain needs a quick fix, a resolve to get us through and out the other side so we can relax. Hence the obsessive thinking, the mind which won't stop spinning, and the need to do something, even if it's time to stop doing. There are a number of things which can be done to help the brain get on board with what is actually the issue and become an advocate and support rather than adding to the problem. But the one thing which won't help us is to treat the brain like a malfunctioning portion of the body. It's not. It may be confused, but it's not broken. In fact, its behavior, as part of the Akashic body, is trying to point us towards where we are stuck and what we can do to help ourselves. So fighting it won't help and will usually just frustrate us and waste energy. 
Something which can provide insight is Peter Levine's book, In an Unspoken Voice, How the Body Releases Trauma and Restores Goodness. Using the body's fight-or-flight response to help us resolve emotional issues without torturous brain contortions can be amazingly empowering and what the insomnia is pointing towards. The body also uses symbolic logic to speak to us about where our lives are out of balance, harmony, or even when we're veering off our path into the weeds. Deb Shapiro's book, Your Body Speaks Your Mind, can help in deciphering what the message is, such as broken bones, which occur when we're needing to change our relationships foundationally, since our bones are the foundation of the body. The body's wisdom can point us in the right direction to resolve issues at their root level. It's helpful to remember the body is made from akasha, not some weird inorganic matter which is less than spiritual. It's just as spiritually based as any being on the other side of the veil, and is usually far more practical. It supports us by holding on to traumas or events we're unable to understand or incorporate at the time, working like a time-release capsule to allow for a more even distribution of the learning. It keeps a record of our experiences as reminders of where we have been and what we have become and enables our souls to experience embodied life in the most amazing ways. So, before looking for some method to physically heal a persistent or stubborn issue, look at what message the body might be trying to convey. Repeated colds can be a cleansing release, mucus removing negativity from chakras 4, 5, and 6. A series of accidents or injuries which keep knocking you off your feet could be an attempt to get you to stop what your normal has been because it no longer serves or is actively working against you. Time to recalculate and recalibrate your life. That one more bite, which gives emotional satisfaction or gratification, could be the thing which is keeping you from those emotions which will set you free. When you listen to the entire quartet of yourself play together, you'll be able to experience the beauty of the music of the spheres, which is you. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be working through how to create Akashic balance in your life. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate it five stars on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.